0: please visit jcasnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. I'm Rabbi Uzziah, and today we will be studying Duff 48, Menhet, in the fourth chapter of Masachet, Yevamot. On the bottom of 47b, we are informed that a convert who comes up after immersion, after he went to the mikveh, is deemed an Israelite in every respect. Now, in respect of what? The Gemara chooses to illustrate this with the following scenario. In that, if he retracted and then betrothed the Jewish woman, he is nevertheless regarded as an apostate Jew. Mumar Karina the Kiddushav Kiddushin, his betrothal is valid. And in consequence, the woman would need a get to be released. So the Gemara chooses to illustrate the seriousness of this with the effects a conversion has, on personal status, and personal status, as we know, has very serious consequences. Because, let's say, the convert decides, after he went through the full conversion, that he doesn't like being Jewish, and reverts back to his previous faith, or converts to something else. But nevertheless, at one point before that, or even after that, it doesn't matter, he became betrothed, he became engaged to a Jewish woman. Not only does the woman require a get, if she fails to receive a get, or he refuses to hand her a get, because he doesn't want anything to do anymore with Jews and Judaism, she becomes technically an aguna, a chained woman. Meaning she is unable to remarry or be betrothed to someone else. And if she nevertheless does get married and or becomes pregnant and gives birth to a child, the child is considered a mamzer. There are countless examples in medieval responsa literature, especially from the Ottoman Empire and the halachic authorities in Salonika, who had to deal with these issues of women whose husbands had voluntarily or forcibly been converted to Christianity in the time leading up to the expulsion from Spain and Portugal. Many of the women refused to convert and escaped to countries around the Mediterranean Sea, but were trapped as Angunots, unable to build a new life. So they turned to the Halachic authorities with a question oh, what can we do? Is there anything we can do? And many of these responses actually deal with various scenarios trying to invalidate the marriages or you know whatever you could come up with in order to help those women, because it was such a serious case. So this was the case for husbands who were born Jewish and then converted to something else. But the same is also true for somebody who converted to Judaism and then afterwards decided, "Ah, it's not really for me anyway." The consequences in regards to personal status are the same. So the following deals with forced conversions, following the continuation of our Soviet. We always think that Judaism has no forced conversions. But looking a little closer at the text, the matter is not so clear, at least in some cases. Now let's have a look at that. Kisarka datach, lekabel alav ol mitzvot. Assuming that this applies to the acceptance of the mitzvot, meaning of the time of immersion in the mitzvah, the Gemara points out a contradiction. madvarim omrim, beger. This only applies in the case of a prospective convert, meaning a free person. Such a person needs to accept the commandments. But in the case of an emancipated slave, that one does not have to accept. This is attempted to be solved by the case of the captive woman. Remember that in Deuteronomy 21.13, it describes that a captive woman is to be left alone for a month, her hair is cut, her nails are cut, and first afterwards she may be taken as a wife. According to this, if she doesn't accept, so the rabbis say, she is to be left alone for a month. But should she accept the commandments, she may immerse immediately and then can be taken as a wife. So Rabbi Shimon Ba'El Azar says, That even if she doesn't accept the commandments, she may still be forcefully be immersed once as a sign of her becoming a bondswoman to an Israelite and once again to free her after which she becomes permitted to him. Besides the obviously questionable attitude towards women, it opens the question, can someone be converted against their will? Which is exactly how our Gemara on 48 Aleph starts out. Ela. Evat dish atame al Koha kocha, vi i ben ish baal The slave of a man may be circumcised by force, but a free man may not be circumcised by force. And twenty one lines from the top it says, Lokheach evet minha ovet kochavim sarich le A slave bought from a non Jew needs to accept the commandments. The Gemara explains that this also means that a slave bought from another Jew, and hence this slave has already lived under the specific conditions that apply for slaves in Jewish households, and had been subject to the observance of Mitzvot, such a person may indeed be forced to accept the commandments at the time of immersion. But we saw previously Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar's statements That a slave bought from a non-Jew doesn't need to accept the commandments on his own, and that person can be forced to do so. But this means that the initial contradiction that derives from the statement on the bottom of forty-seven B, Echad Gerbe, Echad evet Meshocher, the same law applies to a proselyte and the emancipated slave, is still not resolved. Okay, so let's say this: this the same law, you know let's say this refers to immersion. The rabbis return to a discussion of the forcing someone on 48b, and they are now debating who can be forced to undergo circumcision. We remember that on the previous Amos, uh, on 48 Aleph, we read that Ullah objected to an assumption, saying that, just as you may not be forced to circumcise the son of a free man, you may also not circumcise by force a slave. So here, on 48b, we read in the middle of the page, Amar Rabbi ben Levi, Hanokeach min min'oved kochavim, velo ratza limo megargel imo adyud bet chodesh, lomal, chuzer, umucho leobdei kochavim. Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi said, One who purchases a slave from a non-Jew and he, meaning the slave, refuses to to get circumcised, the Jewish owner may keep him for 12 months. And if he then is still uncircumcised, meaning if he still refuses to be circumcised, he must sell him back to non-Jews. Now this is different from what we read previously. But still we have a problem that the Gemara is immediately pointing out to us. It contradicts a known statement of Rabbi Akiva, who said that uncircumcised slaves may not be kept, meaning they may not be kept even for a short time. So the way the Gemara tries to explain it is that in the case of Rabbi Akiva's view, it talks about a slave who never expressed any kind of interest to either be circumcised or to observe any of the commandments. But in Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi's case of the 12 month rule, it talks about a slave who at one point had agreed, or expressed some sort of interest, but later retracted. Okay, now back to our discussion about whether someone can be converted by force. We now have whittled away a little bit at the problem in the case of someone who never expressed any kind of interest. Everybody would agree that such a person cannot be forced, regardless if that person is a slave or a free person. But that leaves the case of someone who at one and when a slave who at one point said, yes, but then got called feet. If that person would have been a free individual, again, everybody would agree that such a person cannot be forced. But in the case of a slave, this is where Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, that for 12 months, such a person can be kept, probably in the hope that he might finally agree, but again, if not, he needs to be resolved to a non The last thing I want to point out is that the origin of the naming converts after Avraham Avinu and Sara Imenu is found pretty much at the bottom of 48b. Babi Yossi Omer, Ger Shinitka Er, Someone who has become a convert is like a newborn child. You know, it is considered as if this person has no previous lineage, ancestry. And then in a in a different uh, place, you know, it actually says that that's why we actually name a convert after Abraham Abino. Um And in what respect is a in what other respect is a uh, gear a convert, considered like a newborn child? Rashi explains that, that the person is basically like a blank page. He or she will not be punished for past transgressions, meaning for the life they lived when still or while still being a non-jew. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daft Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.